I came to the U.S. when I was 21 all by myself. For some reason, I thought it was a good idea to do a donut in the parking lot. I didn't know what an orange and a banana was because that came from the Western world. You want to learn the lesson before that stick turns into a two-by-four across your face. I think you're approaching 100 million in real estate production. <clears throat> That's adorable. Close to 2 billion this year. 2 billion? Gosh. <laughs> Everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast. We are very excited to have you today. Scotty and I have got a great guest. We are going to be talking with Gogo Betke. She is a self-starter, um, a very, very big producer in the world of real estate. She's also teaching other people how to become successful real estate agents without a lot of paid advertising. And we are very excited to have her on. She's going to teach us a lot. She's going to teach you a lot. And uh, if you are interested in becoming a real estate agent or you're one to, to further your business, you're going to want to listen to this one. So without further ado, Gogo, how you doing? I am wonderful. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. We're, uh, we're excited to, to have you on. And it was uh, we got to talk to you a little bit before we came on air. And I can just feel your energy. And I know that that's what you uh, you bring to real estate. But uh, but first of all, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh gosh! So I'll take you all the way back to Romania. Go way back. Born, <laughs> way back. Uh, I am Hungarian by nationality. I was born in Transylvania, Romania. I came to the U.S. when I was 21, all by myself. I didn't know a single human being. Um, still to the day, I don't have anyone related to me by blood on this continent, unless they are my own two boys, right? Um, wow. 2003 is when I got here again by myself, borrowed 200 bucks. And I was like, I'm going to America, right? Figure out if it doesn't work out. I, I know where Romania is, right? I'm like, I'll just get out of plane and start flying that way. Wow. If I can, if I can afford a ticket, cause I had $200, right? Um, so came here, did kind of all kinds of odd jobs, right? I like to joke and say process of elimination of figured out what I don't want to be when I grow up. Um, becoming a realtor wasn't my idea. It was my neighbor's idea. So I kind of, I'm an accidental realtor. My neighbor thought that I'm so social and I would make a great realtor. And at the time I was a stay-at-home mom and I was like, what a good idea. <laughs> so I watched HGTV all day long. I was like, how hard can it be, right? So I went and got a real estate license and I passed right away. I started with a company called Real Estate One, um, stayed with them for seven and a half years. Um, this is in Michigan, by the way. So just next door to you guys, right? Mm -hmm. um, then I went to Keller for a hot minute. And from Keller, I went to EXP. Today, I own 10 companies. Well, actually, I don't anymore. Um, I had 10 companies. I shut one down. I severed a partnership with another. And I'm more than likely closing down a JV today. So now I have seven. But the way I look at things is I know what my time is worth. And if that if that business is requiring more time than what my time is valued at, bye, Felicia. Mm -hmm. Not doing it right, so um, that all of my businesses are kind of in real estate, just like what you know what you guys are doing, and um, that's it. I came for the American dream, and I'm living it. I think that's incredible. And Scotty and I are both um, big motivation, you know, type guys, and I, I like we like to motivate our team here, but I feel like me and Scott require 
you know, quite a bit of motivation ourselves. We've got uh, we've got the Rocky pictures up all over the place, you know, in our in our office. And but anyhow, you know, I just I find your story very motivating because I mean that had to take a lot of guts to be in Romania and just say I don't know anyone in the U.S. I'm just going. Like I just you yeah. Know, you want to hear the funniest part to that? I just got reminded of this. So coming from Romania is not that easy, right? So you have to get a visa to enter the U.S. So at the time there were three type of visas that you could get. One was an au pair visa, so living nanny. The other one working on a cruise, right, with big cruise ships. And the third one was <laughs> you're gonna die. The third one was working on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. I seems reasonable. I apply for all three. Uh -huh. And I got all three. Could you imagine, thank God, that the au pair job called first? Because I got all three jobs, but the au pair job called first and I accepted it. So I came originally as a living nanny as an au pair. But I could see you out on an oil rig just cussing away, just <laughs> yelling at the boys, getting them in line. And, and, and probably pregnant on the first week, right? right. Like, right. I thank God that God doesn't answer all of our prayers because some of our ideas are not good ideas. Most of his are just really bad ideas. They are. You know? They really are. Yeah. It's, uh... And then you are there to filter it, right? God bless you with the friend who yeah. just kind of sometimes sad. See? Why don't you hey, appreciate I'm me I'm totally more? comfortable riding your coattails for as long as I can, man. You know, I'm just an idiot redneck from southern Indiana. And, you know, I, I, surround yourself with smart people. You know, that's, that's half the battle. You're welcome. But, you know, but anyhow, like, but so it, was it just truly the American dream that, uh, I mean, and that leads me to another question. Are us that have always lived in the United States, are we clouded by how you know, blessed we are to have the American dream at our fingertips. I feel like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Americans are, you know, people in general just complaining all the time. And, you know, can you put that into perspective for us? I mean, are, are, do we need to quit being such whiny babies here in this country and realize how lucky we are? Well, the sad part is that I feel blessed because I have what to compare it to. You guys don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So if you knew what it was like, so communism, I was eight years old when Ceausescu was shot in the head. Right. So I left eight, lived eight years of my life in communism. I was a kid, like half of that. I don't even remember being alive. Right. So the things that I do remember is um, having to get in line for food, depending on how many family members you had, you got so much bread, so much eggs, so much milk for the week. Right. I haven't, I got an orange and a banana for Christmas. And that was like, holy shit, excuse my French, because nobody got, like, we didn't know what an orange and a banana was because that came from the Western world and the, our country was shut down. Getting a chocolate from Germany for Christmas was like, you were the luckiest kid on the face of the earth. Mind you, when a country is closed, like in communism, there's no access to the Western world, right? So imagine, I like to joke and say, imagine a shoebox with a lid on, right? Like you live in a box, you have no idea what's outside of the box because you don't have a chance to look outside, right? When communism ended, my dad came home with a color TV and a VCR player with, <laughs> with an Eddie Murphy movie. Now, mind you, 48 hours, not coming to America, it was 48 hours. Love and I thought, <laughs> I thought he was like... First of all, I've never seen a black person. I didn't know they existed. I also never seen an Asian or Mexican or anything than a white and Romanian, right? Or Hungarian. I'm actually Hungarian from Romania. That didn't exist. It. Like, it's not that we were, that I wasn't open to the idea. The fact that it didn't exist, we didn't know it existed, right? So when my dad came home and I saw Eddie Murphy, and even though I didn't understand the freaking word that he was saying, but I saw him being so happy. 
because he's just to me was the happiest person on earth. Mm -hmm. Me as an eight year old, that's my first recollection is in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to where he's at because he's so happy. Probably he's happiest because where he's at. Yeah. Right. Because I wasn't happy where I was at when I was eight years old. I was in freaking communism. I remember my parents, when the revolution started, we would hide and my parents would turn on all the faucets so you don't hear the gunshots. Like, it, it's insane, right? But if I didn't go through all that, I would not have what to compare it to. I would not fight this hard today for my child to never see that day. So, so uh, do you, is your family still over there in Romania? I know times are much different. You know, yeah, no. everybody's back home. It is democracy, right? But but if you think about it, I joke and say even about my personality because I'm very tough love and very, some things are just Eastern European, right? Like I joke and say you you can take the girl out of Transylvania, you can't Transylvania, you can't take Transylvania out of the girl, right? Um, so same with my parents, even though they lived in communism 30 years, right, of their lifetime, it's hard to take those 30 years back because that was their, that was their foundation. Right. right. That was their youth. This is how they were raised. Like that's the base. Right. So even today, even though communism ended in 1989, there's still so much of my parents that is so beaded into them. Like I can't talk face time, right? I'm talking to my parents and God forbid I even tried to bring up politics. My mom is like, Don't you can't talk about that again they're listening i'm like oh my god mom maybe maybe facebook is listening and what if they do like i don't give a fuck i live in a free country right let's say whatever i want and if zucker wants to listen to it he can he has freedom too and i have freedom to speak and he has freedom to listen yeah but they right? grew up they, they they established their adulthood in a, a repressive regime that w literally listened to every single phone call and you die right and they, and kill they you. shot you right. if they caught you doing anything right so for them it's such a fundamental thing but i needed to get out of there as you can see i have a lot of opinions i probably would have not made it yeah. <laughs> past, past eight years right um so i always knew i don't belong there i always had a very different view i was always very outspoken my parents always said oh child you're gonna get it for your mouth one day right and so i needed to live in a in a free country yeah well, i'm just trying to think like what my uh view would be if my first you know thought of the united states was based off of eddie murphy mm -hmm. <laughs> you know because like he, he, i mean that, he was like the most amazing like funniest happy, greatest happy. guy bigger than life you know mm -hmm. biggest guy on the planet basically at that time you know like i mean he was he, he was, was out on, on out of prison on a furlough in that movie right that's the yeah, one where they correct. they let him out I, there was like a sentence where he says to the cop you can kiss my black ass yeah <laughs> yep. that's and exactly what he says to me that was the funniest thing i have ever heard in my entire life and i was like oh my gosh i have to go to where he's at he's so happy and he speaks so freely and he's just like bigger than life right so yeah well, it's also eddie great murphy, about them one day eddie murphy he hears this i need to give that man a hug i know we need to tag him in something you know like see if we can you know but you know what's also great about that movie is like how happy eddie murphy is but it's also got nick nolte uh -huh. angry and drunk right. the whole time you know like yeah yeah oh and it's chock full I of racism i actually saw nick nolte in west palm beach in the what is that big expensive hotel the breakers uh-huh so i was checking out of the hotel and i'm waiting on my friend to check out and i sit down and there's this older gentleman across from me right and i could not think where i know him from right and i'm like where do i know this guy from right so he had this like funky hat on like um i don't know what they call it. it's like thinner in the front it's not a baseball cap mm -hmm. like it's 
Yeah. It has like a poof under it. Anyway, I can't describe it, right? So I call my husband. I'm like, okay, think of a white actor. He's about 60 something, I think 70 something by this time. I said, I think he had issues with alcohol and he has a funky hat on. What's his name? And my husband, like, Nick Nosey. I'm like, so I go on Google, right? And I'm like, Nick Nosey. I put it in Google. I was, oh my gosh, I was sitting right across him. Of course, I didn't have the courage to get up and like, can I take a selfie with you? Right? But. Oh, you should have gone over and told him your uh, told him your forty eight hour story. He would have loved that. <laughs> That's right. I, I was I got, so nervous. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I even put it together. I got kicked out of that hotel. I stayed there one night and I got kicked out of that hotel. What did, what did you do? It well, I had a Mustang rental car, and for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to do a donut in the parking lot because it was a rental car Mustang, and I never thought they would see who it was. You are such a degenerate, man. <laughs> I know. I tell you, like. <laughs> It's you can do out of the breakers. It is very fancy. Yeah, like it's it's, it's real uptight. Yeah, like yeah. it's not. Well, place, yeah. not a place for me. Is what it's, no, they wouldn't let you in the door. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, anyhow, um, I, I love your story. But now let's 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 flash forward. You're in the United States. You know, odd jobs. You know, we know your success in real estate. Walk us through like getting started in real estate, what that looks like, and you know how you've you know turned this into, you know, over a thousand plus agents. And I think I've read, I think you're coming approaching a hundred million in real estate production. I think is is that is that correct? <clears throat> That's adorable. Close to two billion this year. Two billion. Gosh. Two billion this year. I can take credit for it. It's the organization, right? So EXP is different than other brokerages. We get to grow an organization, and the agents who are in my organization, the production that I can see, I don't see all of their production, but the production I can see is close to two billion. Okay, well, I apologize. I I I I did read, um, you know, about you, and I, I, I. I forget more than I forget more than I retain. But anyhow, let's walk walk (laughs) us through walk us through your real estate career just a little bit. Yeah, so I, I started the company called Real Estate One. They were, at the time, the largest um, privately owned brokerage in the state of Michigan, and they were just so sweet to me. I ended up staying with them for seven and a half years. I didn't have really a reason to leave. My cap and the cut was very, very good. I had a corner office, and they called me the million-dollar baby. I could do whatever I wanted. Starting out, though, when I went in there, I thought real estate is easy. I watched HGTV, right? They show three houses, they buy one, they sharpen pencils and crack butter fries, and they qualify for a million dollars. How hard can it be? Easy peasy. <laughs> Easy peasy. So I got into it realizing, hold on a minute, because my real name is not Gogo. Actually, I'll put my real name in here so you guys can <laughs> see if he would buy a house from me. Let's just see what you would do. So the way I actually hold license is that that's my first name. Don't you just I can't buy- read it. Bryce, our producer is going to read it out for us. I can't. He can't. He <laughs> says, I can't. It's too small on our TV up here. There you go. So it's not the reason why it's too small. Trust me, even if you could see oh, it. Oh, I can see it now. Okay, so go. Yeah, okay. I read at a third grade level anyway, so like I'm not going to attempt. There you go. I'm not so if attempt. everybody can see it, my name is Junvir. It's G-Y-O-N-G-Y-V-E-R, but the O has two dots on it and the E has a line on it, right? So an American would look at him like, what the heck is that? I'm not calling that, right? So not only that, A, I barely spoke English. B, my name was unpronounceable, right? C, I had no sales experience whatsoever, no college education. I had no money to be buying leads, right? And on top of it, I had no sphere. Yeah. And I was in real estate. Who's going to buy a house? Let's sell a house, right? 
And so I figured I'm like, I interviewed all of the top producers in the office because I like to copy and paste. Like, I'm not inventing the wheel here. I'm going to go to the top producers, tell me how you did it. And if I like how you did it, I'm going to copy and plug it right into my business, right? So I interviewed all of the top producers in the office and they all did, or they cold called. So my business name is GoGo, wrong 1-800 number, and I have an accent. Okay, mm. not doing that. Next one, um, door knocking. I'm five foot two, little blondie. Stranger danger, not happening. The next one was farm and area. I'm not like what? Send postcard. Like, what do I do with the postcard? What do you do with the postcard when you throw them away? Yeah, they don't even make them inside I the house. That. Never. I, right. I was like, why on earth would I do that? If I'm throwing out the postcards, then why on earth would I invest into something that I, it, it goes right into the trash on my own, right? And then the last one was at the time buying Zillow leads. So this one agent was uh, spending $4,000 on Zillow leads a month, and I just wanted to make 4000 I didn't have 4000 spent. I'm like, if I could just make $4,000 a month, I would be like, sure. oh, really? Right? So I did all of that research, and I realized I'm not willing or not able to do any of those things. I said, okay, I'm also the sorest loser you'll ever meet. What am I going to do then to make an name for myself in the industry? And I said, I don't know anyone. Who do I know? No one. Where are the people that I don't know? They're on Facebook. So I started Google's Real Estate on Facebook because everybody and their freaking grandmother have a Facebook account. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I get to know strangers on this internet. And the Z stands for Zuckerberg. Hmm. <laughs> so I went on Facebook. I created Gogo's Real Estate. Later on, about six years later, I went on Instagram. Today, you can find me as Gogo Becky or Gogo's Real Estate everywhere, right? And uh, that's how it started. And I started posting. It's amazing. A lot of selfies, a lot of pictures, videos, things that I know, things that I don't know, just to kind of create content. So what? when did you start pretty heavily on the social media sites? Pretty much right away. I got licensed in 11. I probably started my Facebook in 11 or 12. Wow. Interesting. So those were some pretty dry years um, in the Midwest. I, I know in some markets they were already coming back, but th those were fairly dry years for a lot of a lot of agents. You know, people don't realize. <laughs> all, my friends, all my friends thought I lost my marbles getting right. into real estate because that was the tail end of the 2008 crash. Like all we did was short sales and foreclosures, right. right? But I was like, hey, listen, if I can learn real estate at the shittiest times then imagine by the time good times come around, I'll be an expert. Yeah, people don't realize that that in the Midwest, we're, we're delayed basically by a year. And that the, the last crash, the 08 crash, lasted for years and years in the sense that it, the market was just dead forever. It just did not come back. It, it, it flatlined for a good five years minimum after, depending on what market you were in. So she's getting into this, um, for anyone that doesn't understand that, at a time when most people are running away from real estate, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it was a scary time. And so so you dive in, you get on Facebook. And I made a whooping $16,000 in my first year. 16? Mm -hmm. You know, for a, lot, for a lot of people, you know, um, 16,000 probably isn't isn't bad statistically, you know, for for agents. I think a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to make a commission as being a real estate agent. So your first year, I think 16, yeah. yeah. You know, you're obviously not uh living a lavish lifestyle off of 16,000. I <laughs> hey, get I it. could afford pizza. You know, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I can also speak as someone that I've had several years where I didn't make 16,000, right. you know. Um Yeah, need, you, know. you and I both when the crash happened, we were so heavily invested in real estate, we had to cut off our own paychecks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 
you know, it's it's not the end of the world for folks. Plus, like that we weren't losing anything; we just Correct. weren't making anything. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that big of a deal for the long when you've got the long view. But but uh, there's a lot of agents who get into real estate today and are going to have that sixteen thousand dollar first year still in uh, today, yeah. especially in this market. So, what is it that that you're pushing that you help them understand with all of this coaching that you're doing and and getting your message out there and your brand? What is it that, that you're pushing right now that you believe in for, for young realtors or new realtors? Well, I believe that you get paid for the hour what you bring to the hour. So I made $16,000 that year because I held the knowledge equaling 16000 right? So I can tell you that the person who made millions last year, me 11 years in, right, is not the same person who made 16000 There is a ton of knowledge that went by and happened in the meantime, right? So I'm huge on books. As you can see, I have them everywhere, right? I'm huge on events. I go to a lot of events. I watch a lot of um, like self-battering YouTube videos, documentaries. I follow a lot of people who made a name for themselves. I watch a lot of masterclass because I believe that you can learn faster from other people's mistakes and life lessons and to learn it on your own. It doesn't hurt as bad, right? So I guess the moral of the story is that the definition of an definition of insanity is that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you'll keep getting the same result. So if you don't change something, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you don't change your mindset, if you don't change your approach, if you don't change your systems, your processes, your how you do things, how often you do things, how much money you spend on advertising or not spend on advertising, you're going to get the same result. So if you're not happy with your end result, then you need to change yourself to get a different end result. So I teach a lot of, um, I believe that, your success is this six inches between your ears. Well, I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that, like you said, do the same thing over and over, and they're getting smacked in the face right now. So there was a lot of realtors who got into this, you know, right after you did when times were good, and it's been an elevator ride up, as Clint likes to say. They've only experienced this one market where everything is is really amazing. And I, I think- call it- Accidental realtors because yeah. they accidentally sold houses the last few years. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is that time when you're, people are going to have to dig deep and turn to folks like you who have built their business um, with purpose and a, a clear direction. And, and I think I want to add on to that a little bit. If you're talking about, because that was my advice for the newer agents, if you're talking about for agents who's been in the industry for a long time, the part that I see that kind of breaks my heart is that they're not willing to change. If I today did real estate the way I did it 11 years ago, I would be out of business. If I marketed how I marketed 11 years ago, I would be out of business. If I used a fax machine to send my offers over instead of dot loop and electronic signature, I would be out of business, right? And I think that's where most agents go wrong because it worked in the past. Yeah. I'm happy that you made millions in 2016 with how you did business then, but I guarantee you, if you continue doing that, you will be out of business this year. So I think some of them, it's like an old horse, new tread. They fight technology. They fight the times changing. They fight the systems. They fight the apps, right? They continue wanting to do how they did business. And the new millennials or X generation, or whatever even the new generations are, they're going to outcircle you and outwork you in any given day. I find it I find it interesting for folks like you who have been through a lot of those. You know, I've had my license since 1998. Been through a lot of markets. So has Clint. We've been through a lot of different ups and downs where different things work for marketing, and it's hard to get the balance between just throwing new things against the wall for no reason, but also being flexible and adaptive enough. I've always found that balance hard, and I and I think I think 
um, Clint has found it hard too in some ways. Oh, it's very hard. You know, it's it's hard to stay fresh and to look at the new angles. And a lot of times we're late to change because we don't change until it's forced on us because why would we? We're making money doing what we do. And it's not until everything, until you're punched in the face. And one of the things that I think over the last decade in this latest part of our careers is we've been waiting for change and trying to do trying to be ready for it before it hits us because we know it's coming. And it sounds like you're, you're pretty adaptive. Um, you know, I mean, if you were doing social media and it works, it blows me away that, you know, to think that you would, you would, you know, that's not All the same thing you're doing. You see the books over there. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. See those, those are my businesses, right? All of them are built off of social media. And part of your message is you don't really pay for advertising on social media. Do you? It's all just done organically. My local team, so my transactional local team, I have never run an ad. Now you're going to see my ads all the time because I have multiple businesses. So for my bootcamp, Gogo's Bootcamp, we run ads all the time. So you are going to see my ads for Gogo's Bootcamp all the time, just not real estate, right? So when I'm teaching realtors how to build an organic brand, I teach you how to have people come to you, learn how to fish, how to put food on the table. So you never have to rely on a third party like a Zillow or Trulio or realtor.com or whatever else people buy leads from. Learn to fish so you don't ever have to worry about if the market changes, you just, oh, that's fine. I always say it's like it's like sailing, right? Like you have a boat, you're in it, you're heading that direction, but now the wind blows from here, I'm like, okay, adjust your freaking sail. Or it blows from there, adjust your sail. The end result is the same the direction where you're going is the same is the only difference is how you're going to get there we we need your boot camp for our uh, tiktok <laughs> yeah, I, get, I don't so here's the thing um tiktok is that my thing i am on tiktok um i have virtual assistant who manages my tiktok but right. like, tiktok is not my home platform so to go back a little bit of what you said of like yeah there's all these shiny objects which one i actually pick right? right even though i am on every platform like if you go on youtube go go back to you find me go on linkedin go go back to you find me go on facebook go go back to your google's real estate you'll find me go on instagram go go back to your latest find me go on tiktok go go back to you find me right so I'm everywhere, but I only have one home and my home is Instagram. So I personally post every time on Instagram and then I have a team, a bunch of virtual assistants who then take my content from Instagram and plaster it everywhere. I have a TikTok account. I've never logged in. Interesting. It's not my thing, but I believe that you should be present on all social media platforms. I don't believe you have to do the work. Right. Of course. Do you think it's important to, to pick... Um, a focus on social media, like you, you, you picking Instagram as your focus. Do you think that? I think it's important to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is Inst- why home. is Instagram um, home for you? I'm just curious because I, I consider myself a, uh, a moron, an idiot when it comes to a lot of uh, social media, and I'm an I'm an, I'm an old fuddy duddy at heart. But I, I'm just curious to, to learn from. So you. then you should have a team if that's the case. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying you should have a presence, right? Because our generation, our kids, and even our generation, right? They are not going to wait for your mailer or for you to knock on the door. They don't even want to freaking make eye contact with you or, or hold the conversation. That's not their love language, right? So if you want the future generation to continue want to work with you, you're going to have to speak their language. And their language is going to be a, a three-second freaking video on Instagram that never even gets to the point where you're like, I like you. I'm going to send it I mean... We for, have for, a team. For, for us, we have a team. I'm looking at a very handsome young man sitting in front yeah. of us right now that knows an immense more than than 
us combined when it comes to that stuff. And then he's got he's got Bennett, our, our his second in command, who's out there posting it. I don't even know how they do it. They post it to every site. So you have it. You don't have yeah. to know it, right? Yeah. But to people who can't afford a Bennett and a Sorry, I missed Bryce. the other guy. Bryce, mm-hmm. yeah. Bryce, right? Um, they have to do it themselves. Just like they said, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So until then, you until you can afford it, you have to be that person. But here's the thing. Most of my um, help is virtual assisting, right? So I have a lot of virtual assistants from a few different countries. And in average, an hourly rate is 4 bucks. So if an agent is saying, I can't afford help, yes, you can skip Starbucks. Right. It wouldn't take more than an hour a person for you to create your content and hire that person an hour a day to feed it to every single platform, right? And if you think about it, if, if you want to hire a full-time VA, get 10 friends, eight friends. Right. Everybody pitches in, you get that VA, it's full-time for eight of you. Each of you get an hour a day, it's four bucks a day. If you can't afford $4 a day, then skip Starbucks. Yeah, I, I, I love the positivity of it. It's simply about getting it done. You know, if you don't have the money, like you didn't when you started, or we didn't, we started from nothing as well. We didn't come from a communist, you know, country with two hundred dollars in our pocket, but but uh, we didn't have two two hundred dollars in our pocket. Sure, we had everything else, but we started with nothing. And it's about the the willingness to to do what it takes to get something done, whether it's a four dollar assistant, whether it's having your friends do it. You know, there's a lot of periods like like get a teenage kid. Like if you have a teenage son. Just say every day you come home from work or daughter, right? Every day you come, I have son, so it just automatically comes out of my mouth, right? If you have a teenage kid, just say every day you come home from school from four to five, I'll pay you five bucks. You take the post that I did today on Instagram or Facebook or whatever your home platform is, right? And plaster it everywhere. So my daughter, my daughter was home on Saturday and my youngest still doesn't have a clear career path, which I'm fine with. They're both in college. And I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you did anything. If someone came up to me and said, Ivy's a doctor, I'd be like, oh, okay. And, or Ivy's a waitress. I'd say, oh, okay. Ivy is the star on Broadway in a show. I'd say, oh, okay. Like nothing would surprise me with her. Literally nothing. She said, the only thing I won't do is real estate. <laughs> <laughs> she literally said that to me. She goes, the only thing you'll never catch yeah, me in is real estate. Maybe you were busy all the time. Yeah. Maybe she's what it actually takes and she's like i don't want to do that it's a lot of it's work it's because she watched you start in real estate with a head full of lush beautiful hair curly locks you know all the way this down. is the result you yeah. know <laughs> each day a big chunk would just fall out at the end after all you know when we were doing our 15 16 hour days seven days a week yeah that's the other thing it does take a lot of hard work to do this you know and and dedication and I think it's and it's a cutthroat industry too, right? You have to right. have thick skin. I mean, if you think about it, you're dealing with people's largest assets, and and that's when the egos start popping out, right? When you they start seeing they're not your, their bottom line, right? And then their true personality comes out. And most of the time, us realtors are the punching bag in the middle between the title company, the other buyer, the seller, the third, whatever whatever side of the deal you are on, well, right? So you do have to have a, a set of balls, as I like to say it. We talk about thick skin in here all the time. Yeah, you Clint know. has a good saying for. It. Well, everyone that's known me for a long time, they they're like, "Man, you've really put on a lot of weight, Clint." I'm like, "Nope, I'm just getting thicker skin." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I we could sit here and talk all day with you, but we I like we like to wrap things up with three questions. Okay. So if you don't mind, so the first one is, what's the best real estate decision you've ever made? Switching to EXP, hands up. Nice. Um, we know a little bit about it. EXP yeah, we sat down with the, the XP the, and uh, recruitment. We 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 get um, 
some franchises that 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 reach out and try to recruit us because we're independent. But you know, most of our transactions are all around investment real estate. We've never. Yeah, it's hard for us to have a normal shingle. I'm not a recruiter. Yeah, you know, so it's just um, a different business model. Yeah, but but out of all the companies, do you guys have agents? Yeah, but not not traditional. So we have licensed agents. We have like 14, I think, total 14 agents. But you know, they're in leasing. They handle our our personal sales of our investment properties, things like that. So, but we sat down with EXP and and. I definitely can look into the camera with a straight face and say, out of all of the brokerages that have approached us and tried to sell us on it, EXP was by far my favorite, you know. And we we sat down with them for, I mean, two days straight, sat down with them, and and then we Zoomed with them in Florida. Are they out of Florida? No, the headquarters is actually in Seattle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Th- maybe that's where oh, no, you could have talked to someone. Yeah. So the way EFC works, you, you're not really talking to corporate, you're talking to someone like an agent like myself, right. who's presenting you the opportunity. So it could have been an agent who is located in Florida that, that who you were talking to. Yeah. But, um, okay. So the next question is what real estate decisions do you regret? Ooh, I guess I never look at the negative. Cause I, for me, anything that negative happened to me, it's a lesson that I needed to learn. Right. So I never look at it that way. There was actually a study done where they put people in a circle on the table. Right. And they gave them little pieces of paper and everybody had to write down their problems in life. Right. They wrote them down. They put them up in a little bubble. They put it in the central, like in front of them on the table. And they said, "Okay, now you have an option. You can take somebody else's pile or you can keep your own. And 100 percent of the people kept their own. So the way I look at problems is I look at it that I would not be who I am today or regrets. Right. I don't have regrets. I have lessons. Amen. I would not be who I am today if I didn't go through that. And I, in other ways, saying I like to joke and say God will throw you pebbles. And if you don't listen, he's going to throw a brick. So and true. I like and I like to learn it on the pebble size. Right. So I always look at if I'm in a situation, I'm like, what the fudge right i always look at it and be like okay god what am i what are you trying to teach me i right yeah the sooner you learn it the the quicker it's gonna be over and and i i i have a good friend who says a very similar saying he says the stick gets bigger until you really feel it you Mm -hmm. know and it's true you want to learn the learn the lesson before that stick turns into a two by four across your face Mm because it's uh but but so I in a longer round way I do not have regrets I have less. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. And then I think this is a lot of what you speak about anyway and and you're you're out there um you know I know that the younger generation is really um you know you've got a ton of followers out there. So this next one is something you probably give a lot of but real what real estate advice do you have for that next generation? necessarily know if it's real estate advice i just want to say it's it's knowledge advice period right you have to feed your brain hmm. the person who can make that sixteen thousand dollars cannot make 2.7 million it's impossible so if you don't learn something new that you didn't know last year you are not going to be able to get to the next level right in order to get to the next level you have to leave your old level behind right so you constantly have to keep growing so if i may add a couple books that changed my life sure um, these my number one, it's an easy pocketbook. The greatest salesman in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny little book. It's like little, right? I underline everything when I read. This one I read many times is going to apply a different way. 
But number 11, I think it's my favorite. I found it. It is number 11. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am Nate. I am nature's greatest miracle. Since the beginning of time, never has there been another with my mind, my heart, my eyes, my ears, my hands, my hair, my mouth. None that come before me, none that lives today, none that come tomorrow can walk and talk and move and think exactly like me. All men are my brothers, yet I am different from each. I am a unique creature. I am nature's greatest miracle. How great is that? Yeah, it's beautiful. We're so if we realize that just like snowflakes, there's not two snowflakes the same. If you look at fingerprints, there's not two fingerprints in this earth the same, which means we are all unique. I have skills that you have, you don't have, and you have skills that I don't have. And in the end of the day, you are going to attract people into life the way we are. Right. So I never worry about where my next commission is going to come from because I know my people are my people and there is absolutely nothing neither one of you or nobody else can do out in the world because they are not going to be called by my people. My people is going to call me. So as, so as long as you know who you are, you never worry about anything, right? Next book, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Yep. You know this one, Think and Grow Rich. As you can see, it's it's, uh, yeah, it's, well, it's well used. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need a paper book. I need to hold it in my hand because I underline things. I always have a pen with me and I underline things. And then this book also, Napoleon Hill, but most people don't know this one, Outwitting the Devil. Have you heard of this one? I've seen it. I have not. Yeah, I, have I have not, not read it. This is probably the best book I have ever read in my entire life. So Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, I think in like 36. And then he wrote this one in like 41, 42, something like that, a little later. In his lifetime, they told him that he's not allowed to publish it because it's too controversial. And so he didn't. When he passed away, left it to his wife. They told her she shouldn't publish it because it's too controversial. When she passed, they left it to the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And they didn't publish it, I think, until 2018. So it's been sitting there for like 80 years. Wow. It's the best book you'll ever read. It is Napoleon Hill interviews the devil and talks about how the devil takes space in your brain, right? And if you let it in, um, it will blow your mind. I had to, this book, I had to read out loud to myself to understand when the devil answers. And that's how different the ways the devil works is. It's unbelievable. Best book you'll ever read. Uh, so, so it, I mean, so it is like faith-based? No. No? No. You know what's a different, oh, well... Faith is in, do you believe that there is a higher power that created you? Because mm-hmm. I believe that there's a higher power. I didn't create myself. I didn't just like, poof, one day I'm like, I'm here, right? No, I believe that there is something bigger than me out there that created me. I call it God, universe. Some people call it whatever they want to call it, right? And if I believe that there is positive in the world, I also believe that there's negative. Amen. The devil, just, the negative just has a name in right. this book. It's called, gotcha. it's called the devil. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. I mean that our time has kind of floated by, and I wish we I wish we had more time. Um, I know I'm you've inspired me. I uh, you put things into perspective, knowing that you came over with a couple hundred dollars and just by yourself. You know, I don't like going to the store by myself. Right. You know, nonetheless, yeah. just packing my bag and leaving. I was. I I sometimes think like, how did my parents even let me go? Like, I was this ninety-pound little little thing. Mm-hmm. going to a country where I didn't know anyone we borrowed 200 bucks right so sometimes I wonder I'm like wow I got some books. they wanted you to be happy yeah. like Eddie Murphy too that's you know? right <laughs> I hope I get to meet him that's one day right. I, I know it's in my future I hope he's going to see something you know I believe in the six degrees of separation I know somebody who knows somebody who knows right. somebody who knows right. Murphy right so one day I'll get to him and I get to give him a hug because he doesn't know he changed my life that's amazing well thank you again for coming on our show go go and we we wish you your family 
your giant real estate team, um, you know, a lot of fruitful years ahead of you. And uh, we just we just thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. So that's our show today. We thank you for tuning in to the Homeboys podcast. Go, go, Betkey. You can find her mainly on Instagram, but she's on every social media platform. Very inspirational. She came here with nothing and has now been part of $2 billion of real estate transactions. $2 billion. It's unbelievable. It's so, in a year. Yeah, you know, this year. It's nuts. Year. <laughs> so anyhow, make sure you check her out on, uh, on social media. She's got a boot camp. She's uh, inspiring agents out there. If you're looking to get into real estate, she can help you out. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, happy investing. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs>